0: Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited
1: for. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Aces would love a stop. Picked up by Gray. She can go coast to coast. There's three. There's two. She's going to launch from three. She'll see Gray four, three. Unbelievable. It's the TC Martin show. Jackie's got it. ace has got numbers three on two to plumb for three. KP, bring it up. Boom, shaka, like a like a. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. TC Martin to Bay. She's open for three. She sees it. She's got the bucket. one, two, three times for Bay Bay. Bay. TC Martin. And you got that right, but he won't change it. Raquana, Bay Bay Williams, boom. Lock-a, 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 boom. Oh, this is the greatest show.
0: The ball is in the air. The Las Vegas Aces have won their very
1: first WNBA championship. The doctor is
0: now here.
1: Um, Mercer. glad to have you here on this Monday. Oh, yes. We're going to recap uh, a busy Las Vegas weekend aces get win number 27 it's pretty historic when you think about it because the houston comets best record in the history of the WNBA, 1998 27 and 3 and that was it 30 games in that season the aces equal that with their victory last night against the atlanta dream as they win that game 86 to 65 and the aces now 27 and three. So obviously they'll eclipse the 27 win mark, but will they lose another game? That is the question. Mm. And if they don't lose a game, then they would not only have the most wins ever in the history of the WNBA, but the highest winning percentage as well. 10 games left. And uh, tomorrow night, a huge game. We'll talk about that. The commissioner's cup final worth 500 thousand dollars all right so we'll dive into that today marco d'angelo in the house as he always is on mondays what's going on my man
0: just enjoying a big weekend a lot of sports raiders uh looked impressive and you know don't print the playoff tickets just quite yet not yet it's preseason. season yeah. don't get excited
1: <laughs> <laughs> i right, know we'll talk about that today uh got a chance to do the double header yesterday. So go to the stadium, had it worked out perfectly too. So a one o'clock game and then the aces played at six. And I said, okay, how am I going to work this where I do not have to deal with traffic, even though it's close proximity from Allegiant Stadium to the Michelob Ultra Arena? And I said, well, wait a minute. You know, games at one o'clock. We know the start on time with that. Uh, second half's not going to mean anything, right? Cause it's a preseason game. So. I was, you know, working the clock in my head and everything. Okay. I think I'll leave about the, maybe the second possession of the second half midway through the third quarter, something like that. And uh that's, if they didn't, you know, have a long first half penalty field, which they didn't, it was like less than an hour and a half. And then I said, but I need some food. Freddy's will be right down the street there. Am I going to have time with traffic, without this and that? Worked out perfectly, my friend. I got it all. So I left. Actually, I think I stayed to the beginning of the fourth quarter. Got to Freddy's. Uh, had my California double yesterday. Get to the of Ultra Arena with time to spare. Like at you know 4.46 p.m. for a 6 o'clock game.
0: Worked out perfect. So walking from Mandalay Bay to Allegiant Stadium uh-huh. and then back was
1: never an uh, option. Never an option. You know what scared me off? Was the you know 105 degree temperature? I'm not gonna do that. You can do it. No, obviously, because again, I wanted you know you know I can't be like you guys to go like you know wear shorts and tennis shoes. You know I got to get kind of dressed up and that sort of thing. So I I, I didn't want to deal with that. And then so I I worked a chauffeur situation now. Got a chauffeur. Yeah, I got got a ride there. Work out the time. You know, pick up. This and that. That was all good. Lighten up, Francis. That was all good until it started to rain. started to rain at like 333. I didn't see rain in the forecast. Now I wonder why no one was at the car wash on Saturday. Because <laughs> I went to the car wash on Saturday thinking, oh, my, I'm going to have to wait for an hour and a half, two hours. I don't know if you ever have to deal with that stuff. But it was like smooth sailing. I mean, shout out to my guys over at the Lucky 7 car wash. My man, Jam Master Jay, Hector with the H, with the Astros hat. Who was off, by the way? But no one was there. I always to say no one. I mean, it was light crowd. So I got in and out of there an hour, and then I'm looking at this rain on you know yesterday. While I'm waiting for my ride, and I say, "Oh, that's why no one was at the car wash." You know, most of
0: the car washes, if you do get your car washed on Saturday and it rains the next day, you can take
1: your receipt back into wash yeah. again. It's usually like a 48 hour, like right. But what's the problem with that? Oh, come on now. There's a problem with that. You have to go back. Exactly. And... You got to go through it all over again. You are a princess. Yeah. <laughs> you really are. Hey, that's the first time you've called a princess. That's better than a diva. Yeah. A princess, huh? Yeah.
0: I'm the king of rock. <laughs> Sucker MCs should call me
1: sire. To my So, you know, this reminds me of... Fire. This reminds me of... Uh, My conversation with Becky Hammond, because now we're just like exchanging lyrics all the time before the game. And uh, we actually talked about a little run, run DMC. Ah, Nunchuck. He's got ears everywhere, doesn't he? Becky had a pretty busy weekend. Yeah, she did. (laughs) That was one heck of a
0: three day uh, span there. Friday night, have a home game, get on a plane. Did she fly out Friday night or Saturday morning?
1: Yeah, so she flew out uh, late night after the game. So let's back it up a little bit. Yeah, so Friday night, the Aces play the Mystics and uh, the Aces win going away. So Becky leaves uh, courtesy of Mark Davis's jet. So that was pretty cool. He says, listen, this is your moment. Take your family. You guys go and do it. So um, she gets in very, very late, early in the morning, you know, Saturday morning. And um, has to be up, um, I guess, well, she woke up at six, but she goes, she would try to go back to sleep, sleep for like an hour and a half, but they had a boatload of festivities that they had to do. So they had to do a meet and greet. Then they had to have a rehearsal, um, a meeting or like a production meeting. Then they actually had to do a walkthrough and then they had to do a red carpet event and then have the event where she said that she had to sit for three and a half hours. And I don't know if you guys saw the uh, festivities or not, but, you know, she had her two boys with her. And they were, like, you know, crawling on her lap and everything. It was like, (laughs) wow. And it's like, okay, you know, you're going through this beautiful ceremony, these accolades, and you're getting inducted into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. And then when she's telling me, you know, this story about her, you know, 24-hour whirlwind, I'm kind of going, yeah, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> but I guess anybody will will go through that too, you know. You know, go through that once in a lifetime top type, type of accomplishment. So pretty cool. And to fly back and have a game on Sunday. And yeah, and that's yeah, the thing. Yeah. I mean, there you go. So you play Friday night and then you got all that Saturday and then again, you know, you gain the good thing is when you come back, you gain time, the 3 hours because you're going to Springfield, Massachusetts. But yeah, what a whirlwind. And then I said to her before the game, so, well, tired now? I mean, what what things? She goes, she goes, exhausted, but she goes, hey, you know, this is what we do. Price you got to pay, all good. And then uh, as you saw, the Aces, they rolled a victory last night. They did, shorthanded as well.
0: Uh, Hmm. Injury announced late, and Hmm. the bench isn't deep to start with.
1: Right, right, right. And uh, I know that uh, for those that were betting on that game, and lane 17, the same number that it was Friday with Washington. Um, people were a little concerned uh, about that, but yeah, no one really knew about the injury. Got the word about half hour before game time that Alicia Clark, um, was going to be out with a back injury, but, uh, it was just precautionary reasons. So she was there. Candace Parker was there too last night, um, on her scooter, you know, so that was, that was cool to see her there, but, uh, just precautionary. And uh, Alicia Clark was at practice today, uh, and draining threes So she'll be ready to go For the big game Tomorrow The Commissioner's Cup For $500,000 Speaking of draining threes Yes
0: <laughs> We had uh, a, a, solid, a sighting That we hadn't seen a lot of Kayla George With uh, some threes yesterday <laughs> Season high 11 points for her
1: She did She had three threes And then she had A, 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 a deuce That she got fouled on that, and that could have been another three-point play. So she got nothing but three-point plays, but uh, she missed the free throw. So, but uh, you know, Kayla George was impressive. She was impressive. I will give that.
0: Which she was going to get. You know, I was
1: glad to see her do that too. Yeah,
0: but her interview afterwards on the TV side of it. I mean, she that accent and she's just she's it's infectious.
1: Listening to her laugh. Wait a minute. You telling me you didn't listen to the. Pre-game interview with Kayla George because there was a lot of laughs in that. You didn't turn on your radio and listen to her being my guest in the pre-game show yesterday. Yes.
0: No, you you interviewed her earlier in the season. I, to, I did. Yeah. yeah, I I heard that one. I didn't hear
1: yesterday. Okay. Yeah. Then basically heard the same thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she is fun though. I mean, she is fun, and you and I kind of joke about you know. <laughs> about uh, her she it's taken some time for her to adapt to um the WNBA game but last night she got extensive minutes and i know there were probably some fans going oh boy she's going to have to play but she played well last night and she, she is a good three point shooter
0: she did i you know unfortunately as i told you when we came in i it was been a rough week you know and uh, i fell asleep at halftime <laughs> yeah. of the game so uh hmm. Didn't wake up till it was over and mm-hmm. saw they covered. Saw it went under to my dismay because I did bet the under on Friday night that it was that was toast. I thought you know that they were going to manage minutes you know on these two games because everything tomorrow's the game, right? You know? I mean we know the commissioner's you know cup and everything with that. It's who they're playing. Mm-hmm. That's the team that you know laid it on them, embarrassed them mm-hmm. you know a week ago Sunday, and I think they're they're. They're waiting for that revenge game, but it's going to be, you said, will they lose another game? They play New York back to back and that's going to be, I think is going to be a problem. The couple losses that they had this year, as I pointed out to you before, was second of back to back against the same team.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The road games are the ones that that concern me when they go on the road because that's when you usually you know you have some issues because whether it's travel or playing a tough team in back to back situations they lost the Connecticut game which is you know they won the the first game in Connecticut then they didn't have to travel they played them and but you know the Connecticut got him that was a game where um Dewana Bonner went off for forty one and so that was their first loss then they were you know on the road in Dallas. And a game where they thoroughly dominated, had an eleven point fourth quarter lead, and then um couldn't get rebounds against the best rebounding team and they got the loss there. Then the New York situation was it was a circled game for the Liberty because the Aces defeated the Liberty by 17, you know, a few weeks before that. So it was a great spot for the Liberty. They were at home, they were ready to play. And is you know, I was talking to Asia Wilson about that earlier today. Uh, leading up to tomorrow's game, I can't say what she said, but she goes blank happens, mm-hmm. and that really that was that game. Uh, the Aces played well for the first half; they led at the at the end of the first quarter there in Brooklyn. They trailed by five at halftime, and then the second half came, and all of a sudden, you know, here comes Zanescu just raining threes left and right, like she did at the All Star, yeah. you know, competition. Uh, but they were focused that day; they played lockdown defense. I give the Liberty all the credit in the world. But, uh, you know, Becky Hammond, as she says over and over, she does not like to lose. And the aces, as we all know, are great in these revenge game situations. So that's why I think a lot of people have this game circled tomorrow night, not only because it's commissioners cup, but from a betting standpoint, thinking, okay, the aces are going to bounce back. And I firmly believe that I can tell you, you know, just from being at practice today, it was a, um, it was like a postseason practice today, or it was like a, you know, early on in training camp practice day. And that was by design with Becky Hammond. They were laser focused today and they know what's, what's ahead of them. But then like right after practice, here we go back into being loose and being confident. And that's exactly what you want to see in a team. And you usually don't see that, you know, teams that can turn it on, turn it off, you know, when it comes to game preparation like that. So uh, they are going to be ready uh, for the Liberty tomorrow uh I still believe they are the better team even though because of what the liberty did to the aces going back a week ago Sunday now a lot of people are saying oh well you know now the liberty's starting to get it together they're starting to get comfortable with each other I mean that is true they're a formidable opponent they're very very good but I think tomorrow we are going to get a good gauge of where both of these teams are at because not only are they both playing at their best right now the liberty are playing fantastic right now Heck, Brianna Stewart had 45 points yesterday, you know, and then the aces are where they're at right now. And you add on top that this is for the commissioner's cup and they're playing for money. Yeah, they're playing for money. They're playing for a half a million dollars. So the winning team gets a half a million dollars and that is split up amongst the players and then the organization and, and then go, and then to charity as well. To, so there's the charity component in there. So when you break that down, it's basically like $30,000 a player and then with the charity aspect and it, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, uh, this will give you a good idea, on, even though it's just one game, but it'll give you a good idea of who the better team is and probably a peek to what's going to come here at the end of September.
0: Without question, right now, you, you would pencil both these two teams. And I know Connecticut's still there in the East, but from what I've seen in the way New York, as you said, they're gelling. When an SQ is dropping threes the way she does, how do you defend that team? Because you, you got Brianna Stewart and, and you got an SQ. It just creates matchup nightmares for teams. Mm-hmm.
1: No, she's phenomenal. And she is a player that has really grown. And again, if you haven't seen her play, you got us here. I mean, she reminds me of Asia in the fact that they play different positions, but I'm talking about the game preparation, the maturity level, how she's continued to get better and better. She's, you know, year three, uh, you know, now you look at Asia in year number six. It's just uh, amazing. I think UNESCO is, you know, going to be the future of this league, and it helps that she's, playing in New York. She's playing with a uh, a very good team. They didn't have really a very good team until this year, but we'll see if New York continues. They're going to keep Stewart there for a while. If they can keep John Quell Jones there for a while. So yeah, it's 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 intriguing because each team has four all-stars on their part of their starting unit. So it's uh, it's going to be a great matchup. And then, like you said, then the regular season meeting that was already on the calendar is Thursday night, so you get a back-to-back with both. And I know a lot of people are probably saying, okay, well, you know, the winner will probably have a letdown on Thursday. Makes a lot of sense. But I can tell you that both of these teams are thinking like this is like a one-game WNBA final, which it is. I mean, with the Commissioner's Cup.
0: No question. I mean, they're going to bring everything for the Tuesday game, you know, the added bonus of of the money there which again, you know, when you think about athletes and it's a shame as far as the WNBA goes, we joke about it. 30,000 to an NBA player, mm. that's you know, that's a night at any one of the Las Vegas <laughs> clubs, mm. uh table and bottle service mm. for these guys. Mm. For the WNBA, that is, you know, for most people over 10% of their uh their wages, their salary. Season. Yeah.
1: yeah. 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 And and again, that is unfortunate, but if you look at the glass half full, it's better now than it ever has been. And uh again, you know, where sure, I mean, the Supermax contracts are, you know, a little over two hundred and forty thousand um, dollars. a lot of these players are now making endorsements. And, you know, several of the aces are doing that, which is great. And it will continue to get better and better and better. But unfortunately, you know, majority of these teams is about all these teams are not making money. And and that is what is um, kind of stopping the expansion process with this team. Because it's it's hard to get somebody to to buy into a team like Mark Davis. He bought into it for the love mm-hmm. of women's sports and women's basketball, and he kind of wanted to be the guy that says, listen, um, I'm willing to invest. I believe in the long-term future here. Hopefully we cannot, you know, we don't lose too much money, and then eventually we can break even, and we can, you know, make money. And the Aces are doing it the right way. Even though Mark Davis has, you know, added uh, a lot of budget, you know, to this organization. They've expanded the front office. I mean, you know, you're playing in, in, in a casino arena, but they are getting some of that money back. And again, they had close to 9,000 again last night, you know, 9,100 on Friday night. Uh, tomorrow night will be a sellout with, you know, probably you'll, you'll get the final numbers of maybe 10,100, 10,300, 10,300 is the sellout the way it is. But, um, yeah, it's, it, it's great. But from a product standpoint, I think you agree with this, Marco, because you, not disparaging you, but you weren't watching the league for all of these years. But I think guys like you and other people who just started going to games the last couple of seasons are just going like, wow, the product is good. And I had a conversation with someone earlier today and they go, I'm not just saying this. I really believe this is a better product than what we see at the NBA level. As far as, um, attention to detail, playing defense, uh, ball movement, uh, system wise. And I think that's a fair argument. I think it's a fair representation because any WNBA game, you, you get all of that and you don't get that night in, and night out at the NBA level.
0: Well, I can only speak for what I see with the aces on, you know, on an every night basis. This team doesn't take days off that's something you can say with every single team in the NBA. There's nights that you just you look and and they're mailing it in. It's a longer season, we understand that, but you know, the league's come a long way, you know, and you mentioned everything that Mark Davis has done I- including that training facility. I, I mean, you I got to see it with you when we did a remote there. Unbelievable. You know, so yeah, it's first rate. And I know we always talk about conspiracy theory. Well, it won't be because they are the two best teams. But you know, the league wants nothing better mm-hmm. than a New York Vegas final because that's the best possible combination for TV. Now, some people might say L.A. New York, but right now the fr- you know the face of the NBA is Asia Wilson. Mm-hmm. You know, in my opinion, right now, and they're such a dominating team. That's what you want to see, and they're on a direct uh, you know collision course to meet. In the, you know, the championship.
1: And the thing about it is, the only thing that can kind of upset that would be the Connecticut Sun, but they've tapered off a little bit and that would be a rematch from last year. And again, they um, have had some injuries and one of their best players, John Quell Jones, is now playing for the New York Liberty. So in all intents and purposes, it really does look like that because I don't think that, you know, if Connecticut did face, say, New York in a semifinal, that the way things are played right now, I don't think that Connecticut could beat them in in a two out of three game series or a three out of five game series i I don't see that happening, so I think that we are going to be on that collision course with these two teams, and I'm think you know I'll say this, even though the Aces got beat down in that game last Sunday in Brooklyn, that was actually probably the best thing oh. for for the league. It was probably maybe even a good thing for the Aces. To be able to taste that, I'm sure it was embarrassing, as humiliating, but it was uncharacteristic too. And but now you've got two games against these two teams. One was dominated by the Aces on their home floor. One was dominated by the Liberty on their home floor. Now you're having the Commissioner's Cup final for a half a million dollars, Mm. and that's going to go a long way. And then you're going to get two more meetings with these two teams very easily. So they could go five meet five times. They could meet and. It could be three-two in favor of one or the other, and that just whets the appetite more. And like to your point, more national media hype between these two teams. And can you imagine what those ratings will be if it happens at the end of September for that WNBA final? And say if it does go five games, that would be the best thing for the league. So you're right; there really can't consp- you can't really have a conspiracy that it's going to happen. Because the way it looks right now, I mean, they, th- those are the two best teams, right. and it should unfold that way. And um, the Aces will have a lot to say on on what happens and how they handle this New York Liberty team starting tomorrow night.
0: You were traveling back last Monday from mm-hmm. that uh, beatdown on Sunday, and when I did the show with Chris Wynn, first thing I said to him is, that is probably the best thing that could happen to the Aces. And my uh, comparison to it was – Go back like to when you get to March Madness. You, you hate to see that team that went through their conference schedule undefeated and then roll into the conference tournament. You want them to lose somewhere along the line. You, you, everybody wants to keep winning, but as long as you have that long winning streak, it just seems like there's more weight on your shoulders. Get that dose of reality. Let somebody slap you in the face, and they did slap them in the face. I mean, you got their attention, and as you said, it was a beatdown both on the scoreboard and actually on the court. That game was one of the most physical games I've seen the Aces have to play this year. Mm -hmm. I mean, they took it to them. Asia got the elbow, and there were a lot of, you know, hard fouls in that game. You know, it... Just adds to the, you know, the storyline if the two teams seem not to like one another.
1: Right. (laughs) That that, that is true. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, Asia Wilson, we'll play some audio a little bit uh, later on from last night's uh, post game show. And then we'll also, uh, give you the Becky Hammond uh, interview as well, talking specifically about the Hall of Fame. So we got that coming up uh, on the show here today. But Asia hit a milestone last night where she scored her three thousand one five hundred and seventy fourth point last night, and that put her second all time in the Las Vegas Aces slash San Antonio Silver Stars slash Utah Stars, um, you know, record books. Right, and guess who she passed. Number two, Becky, Becky Hammond. Hammond. She passed she passed Becky Hammond. And so that was kind of a cool moment. And then, you know, Becky was just like, Hey, uh, that's what records are made for, you know, to be broken. And she says, You know what? If you know, uh I hope all my players, you know, can can break, you know, my record or whatever. And she goes, and I'll be at their induction ceremony in Springfield Mass to support them. And she was just so cool about it. It was like, you know. Where some guys and women, they kind of hang on to those records and they think, well, that's part of my legacy. I don't like it broken. But how cool is it? Here it is. She breaks her coach's record. How close is number one? 4,300. So it's possible. Yeah. it's. Uh, and here's the thing with Asia. She is the number one pick in of this of this rendition of this franchise right 2018 of las vegas yeah she has no intention of going anywhere she realizes and she's talked about it so many times here that it's my responsibility this team is in this franchise invested in me as their number one overall pick you know coming to las vegas doesn't take that lightly so i think eventually she sticks here and she breaks that here and if we do the math Numbchuck's horrible at math. She, math, math. but uh, if if you get 3,500 points in the middle of year six, and now you need another 800 points, yeah. how long you got to be here to do that?
0: It's not going to be that long for it. Two, two seasons? Yeah, two, two and a half.
1: Yeah, yeah. And she keeps putting up, you know, 40 point games, <laughs> you know, and that's another story. So she had 40 on Friday night. And that uh equaled the franchise mark by KP. By KP. But the funny thing about that is, so KP hit for 40 on July 9th in Minneapolis. Whose record did she break? Asia Wilson, because Asia had 39. Oh. So Asia had 39, KP got 40. So there was like a little friendly, you know, join between those two, right? And then here Asia Friday gets 40 to tie KP And then you get to see them again. And we talk about that. And we'll play that interview for you too.
0: Becky pulled her out after she got the 40th point. She kept her late in the fourth quarter until she got the 40th. And then she pulled her, pulled her out. There was like a minute, maybe a minute 20 left. She pulled her out. Yeah. She could have, she would have got two more possessions or would have had a a shot to break KP's record. Did she want
1: to keep them tied? I don't, you know, because the way that unfolded, it was really, kind of natural the way it happened. It wasn't like, okay, boom, pull out. You know, shit, sub's coming in. And, uh, again, I don't think that that factored into it. But uh, as a coach, you got to love that, though. Like, okay, we got both of them right here. And, again, you can't control what's going to happen in the future. But very easily, I mean, KP could turn around, you know, tomorrow or the next night and and get it. Heck, Chelsea Gray could get it. Jackie Young could get it. It could be one of any four. I say it.
0: Jackie Young would be the next one to do it. Yeah. Jackie Young I think has the purest shot on a team.
1: <laughs> I I and, and this is a team loaded with shooters. It's funny you say that because I'm I'm chuckling because Jackie Young had the ugliest shot on this team her first you know 3 years and it was like oh my goodness you know just work on that shot work on that shot and credit her the last two off seasons she has worked on the shot and it does it it it's still not as pure as as Plum's, I don't think, or maybe Alicia Clark's, but where it was to where it is now is phenomenal. And if you watch Jackie closely, she does revert back to the line drive. They go and in, she too, ends up and I don't flat. know how. I know, right. <laughs> but when we talked about the end of that, the Dallas game, how'd that go in? Yeah. But when she gets a little fatigued and tired, you kind of see the flatness come back where, you know, I'm not saying it doesn't happen with other players as well, too, but... She's so focused. She's so determined. And again, uh, Plum and Gray have rubbed off on Jackie. Because at the end of practice, like, okay, practice over at 1 o'clock. No, they're going to keep shooting, those three. Just keep shooting until they turn off the light and say, okay, time to go home now. <laughs> okay? You got some media obligations. Forget that. We're shooting, you know? But those three, it's just amazing. It all started with Plum. And then when Gray joined the team, she's a workaholic. And that's where Jackie just fell in the line. Pretty cool. Can you imagine having four 40-point players? Yeah. It's insane. It it could happen. It could happen. It could happen because, I mean, Gray and, and Young already have over 30. Yeah. So, and again, for those that are saying, well, you talk a lot of WNBA, you're talking a lot about ACES. Well, we should because this is history and this is Las Vegas and this is your home team and they are the hottest ticket in town right now when you talk about the summer and you talk about the fall. They're the hottest ticket, plain and simple. And they should be and embrace that, relish it. And like so many other people that maybe weren't familiar once, now they're, they're, they're getting hooked and they say, wow, what a product. And, and it is, it's fantastic. So they bear the, the talk and kudos to the other media people out there, especially on the news side, the television side who are covering this. The RJ has done a fantastic job of covering this from, um, Sam Gordon to Andy Yamashita and, and others that just, I mean, front page, you're seeing Asia Wilson breaking 40 points, you know, franchise mark, you see, you know, commissioner's cup, all that stuff. So yeah, if you're not following this, then you're missing something and it, it bears covering. It's big time.
0: And it's great that they have center stage right now. Yes. There's, there's you know they're gonna. When they get to the playoffs, it's a shame they'll be going up against the NFL and college football when they're in their playoff time. Uh, but they get it in before hockey, because l- let's face it, this is a hockey town. Never thought that you would be saying that mm-hmm. a few years ago, but the fact that the love that the Knights have generated from day one and now having the cup this year is going to be just insane for for the Golden Knights. Right. Like we saw with, you know, the Aces Mm -hmm. in their, you know, championship, you know, the following year. And they're living up to it. So um, they're putting the pressure on the the Knights to have to bring the same uh, intensity. (laughs) You
1: know, stay atop of the charts, so to speak. Well, and then, you know, we're going to talk about the Raiders when we we come back here from the break. But, um, you know, the Raiders have a great – Legacy, so to speak, with fan base. But when you go to these games, and I'll use yesterday as a perfect example. All right. There was predominantly red in that building yesterday, even though there weren't 65,000 people there, but it just, it's, it's kind of a shame. And again, we are still at that where it is a visiting ticket, visiting teams ticket right now. And that's not to disparage the Raiders, but that's the fact. And when you go to a regular season game, especially if the team is not winning, okay, they're not vying for a title or the division lead, it will continue to be like that. So that may be a hot ticket, you know, come September, October, November, December, granted, but I want to see nothing but silver and black at Allegiant Stadium. We haven't seen it yet. And now what we're going on year number three. All right. Cause 2020 fans weren't allowed in the building. So 2021, 2022 was that way. 2023, your first preseason game, that should be your home, your hometown team, your, your fans in that building. And again, everyone has a lot of high hope at the beginning of the season. Nothing but red and white in there yesterday. And I'm not exaggerating.
0: No, I mean, and it's going to stay that way. I mean, look at year one of the Golden Knights. Every time you went to a hockey game, it was almost a 50 50 split because. It's a transient town. There's a lot of people that live here from, you know, somewhere else. They're going to go watch their team when they're in town. And then people that want to schedule a vacation, a road trip with the game. We say it all the time. What better way to do it? You can get like three vacations in one weekend trip going to a Vegas
1: Raider game. Mm -hmm. Show dinner. Yeah. Food. Yeah. Game. Yeah. Yeah. And it was. Was that way, but it, it's it just hasn't been as prevalent, noticeably with the the, the as the um, Raiders. The Raiders, you really notice it. And maybe because football is more of a broader sport, and everybody kind of has their own team. But even you go back to opening night, you know, with the um, Golden Knights, I mean, it wasn't fifty 50 you know, on opening night. I mean, those fans were there. Those season ticket holders, they didn't sell their tickets that They were there and they were that way pretty much for the whole season. Now, granted, a weeknight game against Edmonton or Chicago or Boston, yeah. Penguins. Yeah, Penguins, right? Yeah, y- you're sure. going to see that, you know, but every game, and granted, there's a lot less, you know, NFL games, you know, eight home games, nine home games, but every home game, you're seeing a big fraction and even a larger fraction when it's like Kansas City or, or somebody of that nature. So it's
0: going to be that way till they, till they
1: start winning. You got to exactly, exactly. All right. We come back. We're going to talk about the Raiders. We'll talk about their game yesterday. Raiders defeated the 49ers. Uh, we'll got some thoughts on that. And again, you'll hear from Becky Hammond, Asia Wilson uh, next hour. So hang tight with all that. Marco D'Angelo in the house with me here on this manic or magnificent Monday. Hey, everyone. This is
0: Carnell, aka Golden Pipes. And I want to welcome you back to the T.C. Martin
1: show. you here on a Monday hey. numchuck what are we gonna do about Nunchuk? what are we gonna do about TC I don't know man uh, back, need to get TC's yeah. different uh, headphones no the headphones are good it's just the uh, the jacks okay yeah who knows that, no that was great yeah. <laughs> Marco D'Angelo in the house here. Let's talk some, some preseason football. Raiders and the Niners yesterday. All Raiders. If we're keeping score in somewhere, 34-7 yesterday. Uh No Jimmy Garoppolo. No Brian Hoyer. No Hunter Renfro. No Max Crosby and many other starters. But it did not matter because the 49ers weren't putting out Brock Purdy... No Christian McCaffrey, no Debo Samuel, no Boza, no nobody. And it really looked like it was like a free-for-all out there as far as players. and you know, looking at your roster sheets, okay, now who is that? Which guy is that? But uh, hey, it was a great three days for the Raiders because they got a chance to go up against the San Francisco 49ers in uh, joint practices on Thursday and Friday, walk through Saturday and then the game yesterday, and the Raiders won every day, Uh, especially in Friday's scrimmage, and we talked about that on the show on Friday at the Westgate, is that Niner quarterbacks threw six interceptions, two by Purdy, two by Lance, two by Darnold. And uh, yesterday, Trey Lance got the start for the 49ers, was downright abysmal. Sam Darnold actually looked pretty good. But really, the guy who stole the show yesterday was Aiden O'Connell, the rookie from Purdue, played three quarters of the game yesterday, 15 for 18, 141 yards, one touchdown, a passer rating of 117.8. Chase Garbers uh, from Cal, he, in his second year, he came into mop-up duty in the fourth quarter. But uh, O'Connell looked Fantastic. Now, granted, it was against Niner backups. I understand that. But when you look at his timing, his throws, his release in the command of the offense, he looked like he'd been in this league for three or four years. I will say it. I was one of those guys that I saw O'Connell play in Purdue. It wasn't crazy about him. And I thought, I don't see how this guy can, you know, make a roster. But what he did yesterday was very, very impressive and I'll give him credit. And he, uh, acted like a veteran quarterback leading the charge for the Raiders. He did look good and like we have to pump
0: the brakes. It is preseason. The 49ers defense was just a shell of what you'll see when the regular season starts. And you talk about Trey Lance. If you're a 49er fan, you, you really can't feel Real comfortable about your situation. You don't know how Purdy's going to be from the elbow. Uh, if that's going to be a hundred percent, you're keep waiting for the other shoe to fall on Purdy because, you know, we all were in disbelief of what he was able to do last year. Trey Lance at times yesterday, looked absolutely abysmal. He looked like a a complete rookie um, when he was in the pocket holding the ball too long. But he did end up the day 10 of 15, um, 100, or excuse me, that was uh, O'Connell's line. Uh, Lance was 10 of 15 also for 112 yards, one TD pass. So he he did get, uh, you know, one nice drive together in that game. But I'm not sold if I'm 49ers. I'm still, that's going to be my concern is – Purdy, what we're going to do, we'll see him in week two. Um, that'll be the, the dress rehearsal for most of the teams, which used to be week three was the dress rehearsal uh, back under the old format. But as far as the, the Raiders go, we saw it last year with the Raiders. They seem to put a little more of an emphasis on the preseason games. They had success last year, obviously had success Sunday. But again, we saw what, as good as they looked in preseason last year, it didn't translate to you know the regular season. So don't get too excited. But there were definitely some things to look at. Biggest takeaway for me, the defense um, obviously looked much better than it was last year. But again, you weren't getting the 49ers full offense.
1: Yeah, and, and both teams were in that exact same predicament, not facing um, the starters. But Trey Lance... Those numbers that you just described, Marco, uh, I, I'm blown away. Because I was there and I watched the game. And those, it just goes to show you how numbers really mean nothing. Because he was awful. Um, misreads, under pressure. The only time he looked good was when he had to utilize his feet. Okay? And that touchdown drive that you said that he led them to, uh, that was a, in a short field. When the Raiders went for it on, on fourth down at midfield and that's how the Niners got their low t- touchdown, they had a short field, and you could just see what field position does for a guy like that. Because when he was backed up inside his own ten or own twenty yard line, he he was miserable. He just, you know, he was just nervous and made the wrong reads. Um, it was just terrible. But when you have you know half of a field to go, and all of a sudden, oh, now look at this kid—he's playing with, with confidence. But it, it was—it was not pretty. And you talk about numbers. The Raiders won thirty-four to seven yesterday. Do you know how many yards the Raiders had? And without looking it up, just it's thirty-four to seven. They went up and down the field. How many yards do you think they had yesterday? You would think that they had you know four hundred plus, right? Or even three fifty or something like that, right? They had two hundred sixty-six total yards that was it. And they had the ball for majority of the game. 266. They had 146 passing and 120 rushing. It just goes to show you that, I I don't know, it just goes to show me that, okay, this team was playing against a team that was really, you know, kind of ill-equipped. And I'll give them credit. They won the game, even though it really doesn't even matter. It's how you looked, how you played the game. What did you get out of the game? And if you're Josh McDaniels, you've got to say, wow, I've got a backup quarterback that, uh, maybe I'm thinking about, maybe I don't need Brian Hoyer. Maybe O'Connell can be the future of this team after this. So that's a bright spot. Got Zamir White. He got the most of the carries filling in for Josh Jacobs, even though Zamir White looked good. He only had 43 yards on 13 carries. You do the math there, it's under 3 yards a carry. Um sincere McCormick had two touchdowns, the backup role, 3 yards a carry, 9 carries for 27 yards. So neither one of these running backs against a lot of second, third and fourth stringers, you know, had any real burst and any big gains, you know, for the most part. Now, that's not to squash what the Raiders did, because I think that they they looked more efficient than the Niners. The Niners were jumping off sides at false start penalties, committed some stupid penalties. And to me, if you look at all three days where Jimmy G had reps and Hoyer had reps and, and Max Crosby and the defense had reps in those uh, joint practices, the Raiders were better than the 49ers every day.
0: Again, it's preseason, and what are, you know, what is the full agenda? Shanahan doesn't need to win in the preseason. Uh, he just wants to look at players and get, you know, get the guys minimal amount of work, but get them work and not get people hurt. The Raiders, this is a big year for Josh Daniels, even though it's only a second year. I think this is a lot of pressure on him to make a step forward from from last year. Uh, because it was ugly at the end in you know the way things deteriorated with Derek Carr, them missing the playoffs uh, when expectations were a lot higher. All that winning in preseason does is going to fuel that. Now we expect that to continue in a regular season.
1: Defense was sharp yesterday, too. Four sacks, and they were all in the first half. And that bears saying because, again, you know the first half, even though you don't have your top-tier guys out there, but you got guys out there that are – You know, going to be on your roster for the most part. Uh, they also had an interception. They had a fumble recovery and they held the 49ers to, uh, two for 10 on third down, 0 for two on fourth down. So this team did a lot of things and it looked like they were a cohesive unit. And that's what I was looking at yesterday. They were cohesive. The Niners looked like they were a mess. And I really thought, like from a coaching perspective, okay, Kyle Shanahan, they got beaten down in those joint practices on Thursday, Friday, when you had your number ones out there. So your three quarterbacks, and they're all supposed to be vying for you know two spots here, and any one of those three going into the regular season could be your number one guy because they've all been number one guys in their career with different teams. Well, Lance, you know, there, but they anointed Lance for the moment he got there. And then they got, you know, Garoppolo and, then here comes Mr. Irrelevant know, comes in and gets the job. So, when you have six interceptions in like ones against ones, that's alarming. So, I was thinking, you know what? Shanahan's going to rip these guys up a little bit and he's going to say, listen, okay, we got a game situation on Sunday here. Let's come out here from the get-go and let's establish ourselves. Let's get in a rhythm. Let's not turn the ball over. Let's look like a championship football team, but you know what they did? They looked like they did in that six-interception, you know, fiasco two days earlier. They were again penalty after penalty. They just looked bad. So from a coaching standpoint, okay, yeah, I know you're going to get Kittle and you're going to get, you know, all these other, you know, McCaffrey, all these guys back there. But you still got some question marks at quarterback. Like you said, You know, Brock Purdy goes from Mr. Irrelevant to the number one guy. Now he's not even playing because he's got a little bit of an injury. So let's let these other guys play. It would not surprise me. I'll say this right now. It will not surprise me if Sam Darnold is the starting quarterback of this team at some point during the season. Whether that's because Purdy blows up or because Purdy is injured or not getting the job done. But Darnold looked a heck of a lot better than Lance yesterday. And I could see this story kind of blooming because Purdy is not a slam dunk uh, number one guy for the long term of this organization.
0: This is going to be a tough spot that they're going to be in. If Purdy goes out in, let's say, the first month, they're sitting at two and two and he has a couple bad games. Mm What are you going to do? Is it going to be Trey Lance who hasn't shown you really anything yet? The two games he played last year before he got hurt, he was unimpressive in in, in both games. The Chicago game was horrendous. Uh, then you got Sam Darnold. What What's he going to do? Are we going to get that? And I know we talked about this last week. You were never a fan of his when he was at USC. I, you know, I thought he was perfect, but that was the system too. Right. You know, he had a system that was quarterback friendly. Uh, He's got the you know the veteran leadership on the team if they do go down, you know he's not Jimmy G, but how far behind Jimmy G really is
1: he right and here's the thing too. you've got two number three picks overall picks in the draft in Lance and darnold in different years right back to back years and now one of those guys more than likely is gonna get cut they're gonna get cut and so. I don't see them keeping three quarterbacks. Okay. Purdy by default for what he did last year. And maybe he won't even hit the, the field in these next two preseason games, but these two guys are going to have to battle it out. And one guy is probably going to be gone. I mean, they can't keep all three of these guys, right? Even though really on paper, all three look pretty even, but I, it, it, it's, it's funny. How Mister Irrelevant, the last guy picked in the draft is the starter, and then they got two number three overall picks, and one of these guys is going to be gone somewhere else.
0: And if it is trade, that's going to be you know that's going to go on the GM's uh, Ooh, resume,
1: eating a lot of money there. Yeah, 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 that's. But do you keep him just because of that? Because if we, you know, and these have to be auditions, okay. And it's it's Darnold one, Lance nothing after yesterday, okay. So then let's look at week two and then week three. But I mean, haven't we seen enough? Haven't the foreigners seen enough of Trey Lance to say, "Yuck, enough"? You would think so. We have seen enough, but it's only been how many games?
0: Okay, we haven't seen But him he's been well. there for three years. But he wasn't getting on
1: the field. Yeah, you know. Well, he he did in the beginning. Yeah, and he played played his way out, and then he got injured. But I mean, you see enough of him in practice. You see enough of him in OTAs. I mean, you you know what you got with this guy. It's not like all of a sudden he's going to get better.
0: Given what happened to them last year, I don't think it's a stretch for them not to have three quarterbacks on a roster. Especially you don't have a superstar quarterback. You
1: usually have that third guy who is your, you know, on the practice squad. But what I would think the Four ers would do, you keep Purdy, you keep one of the two, Lance or Darnold, okay, and then you bring up a young guy just to be... You know that emergency type of guy. I can't see Darnold or Lance being the emergency guy for that kind of salary.
0: Yeah, I didn't see what uh, Darnold signed for. With
1: well, I mean, again, it's 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 not peanuts, but I mean, the guy's the number three overall pick, so he's you know he's still under that rookie contract, but we know his signing bonus was good. I don't know. All right, we'll continue to talk a little bit more. We'll talk about betting the preseason as well, too, how that went in week number one. And then uh, we got a full week of games here in week number two where you may see some more starters. But we'll talk some more Raiders as well. Plus, more aces you hear from Becky Hammond and Asia Wilson after the victory uh, last night and Becky Hammond's induction into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. And guess what? major league baseball down the stretch we come we got that to talk about with marco as well too on this monday tc martin show glad to have you with us